Welcome to Your Change, a broadcast aimed at revealing grace and empowering transformation. Through the revelation of God's undeserved, unearned and unmerited favour, we are committed to helping you make better changes in life for life. I just want to bring a word of exhortation to you this morning. And I want to speak on what I started to share on the Christ on New Year's Eve. When I'm speaking about the great advantage. The great advantage. Somebody say the great advantage. So over the next few Sundays, I'm going to be talking on that subject, the great advantage the great advantage we're going to break it down into different uh, parts to it so allow me today to tackle part one to it of the great advantage and i want to title the same title that i gave at the new year's eve i want to exhort you i want to encourage you today uh, and i'm trusting that if you can hold this word don't just hold this word as the first message for 2020 but I want you to hold this message as the message for the decade. If you can embrace this message and uh, allow it to carry you through the next 10 years, I'm trusting God for bigger things. I'm trusting God for greater, greater things. So under this big theme, uh, the great advantage, allow me to uh, talk to you today and encourage you from the title or the subtitle, I am not disadvantaged. I am not disadvantaged. If you don't mind, just tell somebody who's next to you and tell them, as for me, I am not disadvantaged. Uh, if, if, if you resonate very well with that statement, uh, I want you to say with more life in it, uh, tell them with conviction that as for me in 2020, as for me over the next 10 years, I declare that I am not disadvantaged. In case they are not getting you, I want you to tell them uh, uh, with life and with vigor and tell them, as for you, you are not disadvantaged. Uh, are you comfortable sitting next to that person? Do they have life in them for 2020? Do you mind just pointing your finger at them if you are bold enough, give them a holy pinch? Holy punch and tell them uh, you are not disadvantaged. Now, the dictionary simply defines to be advantaged or advantage, it simply means having a favorable or a superior position over someone or over something. Advantage, it means to have a, a favorable or a superior position over someone or over something. Glory be to God. I like how others put it. They say it is having an edge over someone or over something. Is that right? It is having an edge. So whenever, every time I'm going to use that phrase, having an edge over the enemy, all I'm saying, you, you, you have a favorable position. You have a superior position 
over every negative thing that is designed by the enemy to come your way over the next 10 years. Somebody shout, I am not disadvantaged. Now, when you look through the scriptures from cover to cover, from the book of Genesis to the book of Revelation, there is consistency in the scriptures when it comes to how God has made believers to always stay in a position of favor. There is a consistency in the scripture of how God has made believers to occupy a position of favor or a position of superiority over every agenda of the enemy. That is from the book of Genesis through to the book uh, of Revelation. Uh, God has designed those who put their trust in him to always uh, be a step ahead. I don't want to put it that way. God has designed those who believe in him, those who put their trust in him. God has uh, designed it. Uh, God has made it in such a way that you are always a step ahead of the enemy. So every time you think that uh, the devil has caught you unaware, I want you to understand uh, that by nature, you are always a step ahead. Uh, do I have people that are ready for 2010? I want you to understand that at any given time, whether it's at midnight time, whether it's at 3 o'clock in the morning, it doesn't matter the tantrums the devil will bring into your life. You are always a step ahead. You are always a step ahead. It doesn't matter whether you're feeling overwhelmed, but I want you to understand that facts are always ahead of feelings. Maybe you're not getting it. I want you to understand in this life that facts are always uh, a step ahead of feelings. So where you feel overwhelmed, where you feel depressed, where you feel stressed out because of what is happening, the fact of the matter is that you are a step ahead of whatever you are encountering in your life. You are always a step ahead because that is how God has designed those who believe, those who trust in him. Let's go through a few examples based on the scripture that show us how believers have always stayed a step ahead of their enemy. Do I have a witness in the house this morning? Do I have people in the house this morning? If you are in here and you are alive, somebody shout hallelujah. Somebody shout amen and amen. You know, when you say amen, you are saying, let it be so. You are, you are consenting heaven. You are, you are giving permission to heaven to allow that word to begin to operate in your life. Now, the great advantage, when I say the great advantage, I'm referring to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the believer's great advantage. That's the statement that I want you to go home with today. The Holy Spirit is the believer's great advantage. The Holy Spirit is the believer's great advantage. The Holy Spirit is the believer's great advantage. And who is the believer in the house? Who is the believer in the house? Do I have believers in the house? Can you personalize that statement? If you personalize it, how, how does it come out to you? The Holy Spirit is my greater advantage. Glory be to God. Genesis chapter number 41, verse number 38. Genesis chapter number 41, verse number 38. Glory be to God. 
you've got a notebook where you can write, you may use your phone as long as you're not going on WhatsApp. Make the most of that. Now, before I come to that scripture, I want you to understand that the great advantage in the scripture, we see the great advantage oftentimes in relation or in correlation with uh, negative things happening. Uh, we, 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 that's when the great advantage stands to stand out the most. Amen and amen. So when you come to the book of Genesis, what we have in the book of Genesis is a young man called Joseph. Joseph has got uh, things not working for him, but it appears like everything is working against him. Because when you trace his journey, his journey to Egypt, uh, it was not because of what he had sit down and planned. But his journey to Egypt, uh, when you look at it from a pure human perspective, you can all agree with me that Joseph found himself in Egypt as a result of betrayal from his very own brothers. So things were not working for him, but things were working against him. Even when he went into, uh, into, into Egypt, into Pharaoh's house, into Potiphar's house, you're going to find that right in there, things were not working so well for him to the point that at one time, Potiphar's, um, is that Potiphar's wife, she, she, she made an accusation against Joseph, which led Joseph to be thrown into the prison. Amen and amen. So when you look at the entire life of, uh, of Joseph right from his homeland into the land of Egypt, you find that things appear to be working against Joseph. But when you come to verse number 38 of this chapter, the Bible says, So Pharaoh asked them, Can we find a man? He was talking to his, to his officials after he had given, he had, he had a dream which he could not interpret. But uh, only this man called Joseph was able to come to the interpretation of that particular dream. So what now Pharaoh says, so Pharaoh said to his servants, can we find a man like this? A man equal to Joseph in whom is the divine talk to me church. In whom is the what? The divine spirit of God. In whom is the divine spirit of God. So even at that time when everything appeared to be working against him. But Joseph had the great advantage. And the great advantage that Joseph had, it was the divine spirit of God right on the inside of him. This is what gave Joseph an edge over every opposition. This is what gave Joseph a step ahead against everything that was being plotted against him. It was the Holy Spirit the divine spirit of God in Joseph. If I was Joseph, I would have thought God has departed. God has forsaken me. I would have concluded that God has, forget, has forgotten of me. I would have concluded that, you know what, God has turned his back on me. But let me tell you, as long as the divine spirit of God is on the inside of you, you do have an edge over the enemy. You do have a favorable, or you're standing in a favorable position, and you are superior to everything and every agenda of the enemy. That is why Isaiah says, no weapon fashioned against you shall ever prosper. And 
every tongue that rises against you in judgment you shall condemn. Why is it like that? Because you do have the great advantage. And the great advantage is the Holy Spirit, the one who lives on the inside of you. Somebody say, I will not be, I, 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 I will not be disadvantaged. Exodus chapter number 33, verse number 15. Exodus 33, verse number 15. This portion of the scripture is a man called Moses. Moses was given one of the most difficult tasks by God. It was a task of leading Israel out of bondage and take them out of Egypt and usher them into the promised land. That was the assignment. The assignment wasn't easy. Simply because Israel had been in captivity for almost 430 years. So you are trying to change a 430 year history in a matter of days. That was not an easy task. But what gave Moses an advantage? It was the Holy Spirit. Now we realize this powerful aspect when you come to chapter number 33, verse number 15. This is the time when Moses was leading the children of Israel and there was chaos along the way, tumult along the way, grumbling and complaining from the children of Israel. And Moses, what does he do? Because he understood his advantage. What does he do? He goes and he begins to engage God. On a personal level, he begins to engage God. Engage God. And this is where Moses says, and the Bible says, and Moses said to him, to God, if your presence, referring to the Holy Spirit, if your presence does not go with me, then God, forget about making us leave this place. Why? Because Moses understood that if I'm to move without the Spirit, I do not have an advantage. Number one, I don't have an advantage over my people. Because remember, he's leading almost three million people. Who at most of the times when they are not happy, the scripture says they would plan to stone him to death. So just imagine three million people and uh, if one just chose to pick up just one stone, it is for me, that's my portion to give to Moses for taking us out of Egypt and bringing us into this wilderness where there is no water, where there is no food. If, each and if, if a single person was to choose to pick just one stone and say, as for me, I don't want two stones, but just one stone to express how I'm feeling. Can you imagine how difficult life would have been for Joseph, for, for Moses? Can you imagine the difficulty of his task? But Moses understood that in order for me to lead these people, I need the great advantage of the presence of God. That is why he goes on his knees and he says, God, if your presence is not going to go with me, then do not lead us from this place. Why? Because he understood that as long as I'm operating and I'm walking in the power of the Holy Ghost, I do have an advantage. Not only over my people, but he had an advantage over all the other nations that they had to encounter along the way as they were going to the promised land. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Joshua. Let's go to Numbers chapter number 27, verse 28. Joshua. So we started with Joseph, Moses, now Joshua. On Numbers 27, verse number 28. This is a time when Moses was about to die. And God says to him, I want you to 
take Moses, take Joshua, and I want you to, and I want you to anoint him. Amen and amen. I think there's a version, Numbers chapter number 27, verse number 18. So the Lord said to Moses, Take Joshua, son of Nun, a man in whom is the spirit of leadership, and lay your hand on him. Do you know that leadership, you, you also need to have a spirit of leadership. You also need to have what? The spirit of leadership. This is what gives you the advantage over the difficulty of your task. You have a witness in the house this morning. So God is saying, you Moses, you're now coming out of the picture, but I'm bringing in Joshua. But Joshua is his coming out. The reason I want you to pick Joshua, it is because this young man, he's got the spirit of leadership upon him. Because there are certain tasks that you cannot accomplish just by yourself. You will not accomplish them just by, by head knowledge. What you need is the spirit of God upon your life. You need the spirit of God upon your life. I didn't put this portion of the scripture, but if you remember that time when Moses had, uh, had, had too much work in his hands to do, then God comes to him and he says, Moses, I want you to take servant of your elders. And what does God say? He, he says to him, I want you to take some of your... Everybody's read that? I want you to take some of your spirit and put that same spirit upon these servant leaders so that they can help you to carry the Lord. Yeah, because it's the spirit who gives you the edge over the task. Is the Holy Spirit who gives you the advantage in everything that you may want to do. Amen and amen. God, God could have said, just pick whoever you want. But he was very specific. The servant that you're picking, they don't have the spirit that you have. So make sure that before they begin to operate, they need to have the spirit of God in them. They need to have the same spirit that is operating in you. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is the believer's great advantage. First Samuel 16, verse number 13. First Samuel 16, verse number 13. Am I talking to somebody this morning? This is a time when Samuel was commissioned by God to go and anoint the next king of Israel. And he was sent to the house of Jesse. And as he got there, the Bible says, after he, after, after he was able to identify the one whom God had chosen, the one who was after God's own heart, the Bible says, so Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him, him is David, and anointed David in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. This is what gave, gave David an advantage over the difficulty of the task of leading the nation of Israel. Kings could not serve in that office without being anointed. Because the act of being anointed was actually symbolic of the coming of the Holy Spirit upon the king. So that they can be able to execute the duty as God desires. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is the believer's great advantage. The Holy Spirit is the believer's great advantage. Daniel chapter number 6, verse number 3. It's not Daniel, me. Daniel 6, verse number 3. We have this young man, 
He's in a foreign land. They've been taken there as captives. And uh, the king also had a dream which all his people could not interpret. But when David came and was able to interpret the dream and to do his work exceptionally well, the Bible says, so Daniel distinguished himself among administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. I think other versions, they don't use exceptional qualities. They say because of the excellent spirit. Yeah? Because of the excellent spirit that was in David, he was able to distinguish himself. He was able to separate himself. Why? Because of the excellent spirit that was upon Daniel. Glory be to God. So even at that time when his, when his, when his colleagues... The ones that he was working with, the governors that he was working with, at the time when they planned against him, they, they're putting traps around him. But because of the spirit of excellence that was in, in Daniel, the Bible says they could not throw him down. All their plans could not prevail. Why? Because the Holy Spirit gives you an edge over your enemy. The Holy Spirit gives you a favorable and a superior position over your enemies. Do I have a witness in the house? Time and time, the prophets were able to see things in the Spirit. And only those moments when the Holy Spirit would come upon them. You would hear the scripture time and again saying, and then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Isaiah. And he began to prophesy. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jeremiah. The Spirit of the Lord came upon Ezekiel and he began to see visions. There are certain things that will not happen in your life outside the great advantage. There are certain things that will not happen in your life outside the Holy Spirit in you. As long as the Spirit of God is not operational in your life, there are certain things that you will not see and there are certain things that you will not hear. Why? Because God has designed your life to operate by the leadings and the guidings of the Holy Spirit. And it is the Holy Spirit who gives you the advantage over the enemy. But what I like so much is that when you come to the New Testament, John chapter number 14, verse number 1, we find Jesus talking to his disciples. And he has is, he is, he is, he is revealed to them the things that are about to happen. That you know what, guys? I'm about to be crucified. The, I'm about to be betrayed by one of you. And, and, and I'm going to be handed over into the hands of the Jews and the Romans. And you know what's going to happen? They are going to crucify me. And as he was sharing all this to his disciples, people whom he had spent the last three years with, the Bible says, and they were distressed. And it was in this condition of his disciples who, who, who are facing now an uncertain future because the one whom they're following is about to depart from them. And Jesus comes to them as an encouragement. And he says to them, do not let your heart be troubled. Don't allow your hearts to be afraid. But believe in God and trust in him. Have faith, hold on to it, rely on it. Keep going and believe also in me. He's encouraging them. But when you come to verse number 15, as he's coming to the conclusion of his encouragement to them, verse number 15, Jesus says to them, if you really love me, you will keep and obey my commandments. Next verse up to verse number 18. 
if you really love me, you will keep and obey my commandments. And I, Jesus, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, the comforter, the advocate, the intercessor, the counselor, the strengthener, the standby. What is he coming to do? To be with you forever. To be with you forever, not temporarily, to be with you forever, not only on a Sunday morning, but to be with you forever, not only on the 10 days of the year, but to be with you forever. Forever. Next verse. The spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive and take to its heart, because it does not see him or know him, but you know him because he, the Holy Spirit, remains with you continually and will be in you. Somebody say, he is in me. Somebody say, he is in me. Somebody say, the Holy Spirit lives in me. So what you see Jesus doing, he's promising the Holy Spirit to them on the backdrop of a people that are faced with an uncertain future. And Jesus knew what was awaiting them. That you know what, as soon as I depart, these people, they are going to be opposed. These people, they are going to be rejected by their own people. These people, they are going to be insulted. These people, they are going to be hated the most. But what does Jesus do? He promised them nothing else. He did not promise them material things. He did not promise them money. But he promised them the Holy Spirit, the comforter, the counselor, the strengthener, the advocate. You know what? It's important for you to pay attention to the things that are promised to you, especially by somebody who is greater than you. Every promise that flows from, a, from someone who occupies a place of authority, pay attention to those very things. That's why when you skip the scripture, right from the Old Testament, there has been promises after promises from the Father. He was promising to give us the Son, the Redeemer. Not only the Son, but the Father made promise after promise of giving us the Holy Spirit. In the last days, Joel 2.28, in the last days I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters, what are they going to do? They're going to prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. And your old men, they shall dream dreams. He's promising us who? The Holy Spirit. The greatest promise to a believer is not money. That is why the enemy is fooling us these days. He's easily deceiving us. If I stand here and I say, I declare money to you. was likely to have louder amens. And others who will cry, go deep up, up, I'm not up. But let me tell you, the greatest promise of them all is the promise of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because when the Holy Spirit is in you, you do have an advantage over anything that the enemy will throw on you. You will have an advantage over every agenda, every trap of the enemy. You do have an advantage. In other words, you do have an edge over the difficulties of life. It is only when you do have the comforter, the Holy Spirit, living on the inside of you. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. 1 John chapter number 4, verse number 13. 1 John 4, verse number 13. So the Father promised the Son to us, and the Son came and he promised the Holy Spirit to us. Just showing how much God wants to live 
not just among us, not just with us, but how much God wants to dwell in us. That is why First John chapter number 4, verse number 13, it says, by this we know with confident assurance that we abide in God and he in us. Why? Because he has given us of his spirit. This is how I know that I'm walking with God because he has given us of his spirit and his Holy Spirit is your greater advantage in this life. Can I talk to somebody in this, in this church this morning? That is, you see from scripture after scripture that men and women who were men and women of the spirit, they always had an advantage. They always had a favorable position, a superior position over their enemies. It was because of the Holy Spirit who was operating on the inside of them. And I'm so grateful because we know that God lives in us and we live in him because he has given us of his Holy Spirit. Therefore, if the Holy Spirit is in me, I have a superior position. I do occupy a favorable position. And I'm declaring to you that as we're entering into a new decade, you are not disadvantaged. You are not disadvantaged. You might not have money in your pocket, but let me tell you, money is not going to solve everything that you want. But as long as you've got the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, you do have a favorable position. You occupy a superior position over every agenda of the enemy in your life. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is the believer's great advantage. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. Somebody shout, I am not disadvantaged. Somebody shout, I am not disadvantaged. I want you to declare like a minute and say, I am not disadvantaged. In 2020, I am not disadvantaged. In this new decade, I am not disadvantaged. You know what? When you look at yourself, you might think that you are disadvantaged. Why? Because you are looking at the external things. But your strength does not come from the things that are on the outside. Your strength emanates from the one who is right on the inside of you. As long as you've got the Holy Ghost operating in your life, let me tell you, you are not disadvantaged and you are not going to be disadvantaged. Joseph had everything working against him from a human perspective. Until we come to chapter number 50. That's when you realize that all oh, everything was actually working for him. When the script, when, when he stood up and says, you intended to harm me. But God overturned everything and he caused everything to begin to work in my favor. That is why Romans says everything works together for good to those who love the Lord. And those who are called according to his promise. When you've got the Holy Spirit operating in you, you cannot afford to be disadvantaged. You are not disadvantaged. So it's time for you, child of God, to raise your head high. It's time for you, child of God, raise your shoulders, chest out, walk majestically with confidence, knowing that whatever room that you enter in, you are not disadvantaged. It doesn't matter what kind of a meeting that you are called to. You might be fearful on the outside, but before you go, gather yourself. Remind yourself, the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of me. Therefore, I am not disadvantaged. You are not disadvantaged. It's not in your education. No. It's not in your education. No, it's not in your education. Why? Because I'm reminded sometime in the book of Acts, there are, there are two young men. There, there, there were two, two disciples. It's Peter and John. 
As they were going to the temple to pray. The Bible says they saw a, a, a man who, who was always placed on the gate called the beautiful gate. The gate was beautiful, but his life wasn't beautiful. The gate was good, but his life wasn't good. And they were bringing him on the gate, but the gate could not make him beautiful. Until two men who were full of the Holy Spirit, who were on their way to the temple, at the time of prayer, they valued communion with the Holy Spirit. They valued fellowship with the Holy Spirit while they were going to the temple to pray. The Bible says they looked at the man, and the man was anticipating to get some money from them. But Peter and John, they looked at the man and said, Silver and gold, we do not have. But what we have, we have the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. At that space, you would think that the whole city would rejoice. You would think that the whole city would what? Rejoice. You would think that the elders of the city would rejoice. But never. They came and they sat down in a meeting. And they said, who did this? And they discovered that it was this two men. But I like the portion of the scripture that says, when they brought them before the Sanhedrin, and they were interviewing them, interrogating them, and the Bible says they discovered that they were unlearned. They discovered that they were uneducated. But as they began to engage in the conversations, they could not overpower them. They realized that a boldness in them, it was something that does not emanate from education. It's, it's something that was not emanating from degrees and diplomas. But it's a, it's a confidence and a boldness that is coming because of the presence of the Holy Spirit was living in them. No wonder why in the book of Acts chapter number 1, Jesus says to them, do not leave Jerusalem until power from on high has come upon you. Because they remember before the Holy Spirit came upon them, before that great advantage came upon them, Peter was afraid. He had artificial boldness. That is why that day when Jesus was arrested, Peter came and said, you know what? Master, I will not leave you before. He said, I will not leave you. Never, 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 I will not leave you. And Jesus says, ah, Peter, are you sure? Never, Master. Never, I will die with you. But when the heat was increased, the Bible says he denied his master. Not once, not twice. Rise for emphasis. I don't know him. It was just a little girl who said, I think I saw you. You are one of them. Yes, you were with the master. You, I know you. Ah, no, no, not me. Not me. Can you see how afraid he was? But just fast track time. After the coming of the Holy Spirit, the same person who was denying the master is able to stand in front of people that killed his master. And he said, ah, <laughs> we respect you, says. But for you to silence us, talking in the name of Jesus, forget about it. We are not going to listen to men who would rather obey God. There is a boldness that comes when you are operating in the power of the Holy Ghost. And I'm declaring that grace over you over this decade. That when you go to, to work, you know, every time you are called into the manager's meeting, you say all those kinds of little prayers that are emanating from fear. 
But can I declare to you that, you know what, I want you to remember that you're not disadvantaged. Because you've got the Holy Spirit. So when you sit down, you're not making a prayer that is emanating from fear. But you're making a prayer that is emanating from faith. And your faith is telling you that I am not disadvantaged. I'm not disadvantaged because the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of me. If the same Spirit was able to help Joseph, he can help me. If the same Holy Spirit was able to help Daniel in a foreign land, in a land of exile, then surely the same Holy Spirit can help me. If the same Holy Spirit was able to be with David, even at a time when the Philistines were rising against him, let me tell you, the same Holy Spirit will be able to help you. He can carry you through. He can sustain you. He can tell you what to speak and what to say. He will give you a boldness that you never had before. Somebody shout, I am not disadvantaged. I'm just praying that the church can embrace this word today. That for the next decade, may this be one of your greatest declarations. That as for me, no, I'm not disadvantaged. I am not disadvantaged. I'm not disadvantaged. So go ahead and ask for the great mountains. Go ahead and ask God for bigger things. Why? Because you understand that you do have the greater advantage. And the great advantage does not live on the outside. He lives on the inside of you. So that means when I get into that what meeting, the greater one does not say, mm, you go, I'll wait for you outside. Ah, the Holy Spirit will say, let's go together. Let's get in there together. Let's get in there together. Let's hear together what they are saying. If only we can learn to not only listen to man and also learn to listen to the Holy Spirit. Because many times we hear only man and we respond and we react based on what man is saying. But let me tell you, before you respond to man's words, learn to listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying because he is your greater advantage. Somebody shout, I am not disadvantaged. Somebody shout, I am not disadvantaged. Can I conclude by just highlighting these three things that I spoke about on the, on the New Year's Eve? That when you, are when you are operating in the great advantage, there are three specific advantages that are in your favor. Number one, you've got the advantage of power. You carry the advantage of what? Of power. Because one of the key characteristics of the Holy Spirit is that he is omnipotent. Somebody shout, he is omnipotent. Omnipotence, it means all-powerful. It means what? All-powerful, all-powerful, all-powerful. So if the one who is all-powerful was doing all these things outside man, what about now when he's living on the inside of you? That's why Paul says in the book of Ephesians, the same power that worked in Christ when he was raised from the dead is the same power or is the same spirit that is at work on the inside. So when you are operating at this level, you do have the advantage of power. You carry the advantage of power. Why am I so convinced? I'm so convinced because the Holy Spirit, when he chose to come and live in you, he did not say, ah, let me take some of my power out before I come to live in you. No, he came in the fullness of his power. He came in the fullness of his glory. He came in the fullness of his wisdom, understanding and knowledge. He came in, in, in I don't know how I can explain it. He, he, he came, he came, he came. No, he came. 
He did not leave any part of himself in the, in the heavens. He, he came and he began to live on the inside of you. And, and he is so powerful. So that means his power is right there on the inside of you. So he carries the advantage of power. That is why Acts 1 verse 8 says, You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Coming of the Holy Spirit upon you, it means power is also coming. It's, it's impossible for the Holy Spirit to come and live in you and become weak. Because the Holy Spirit is the power of God. Not only do you have the advantage of power, but number two, you also have the advantage of knowledge. Somebody said, I have the advantage of knowledge. Because the Holy Spirit's character is that he is omniscient. He is omni. He, the one who knows, who is all-knowing. The Holy Spirit is all-knowing. That is why the promise in John chapter number 14, 15, and 16, especially 14 and 16, it says, when the Holy Spirit shall come, he shall teach you all things. You cannot be taught all things by someone who does not know all things. Is that clear to you? You cannot be taught all things by someone who does not know all things. So the reason why he's able to teach you all things is because he knows all things. So as for you, you cannot afford to walk in ignorance. Why? Because the one who knows all things lives on the inside of you. He has chosen to make his dwelling place your body. Do I have a witness in the house today? That is why you find that when you begin to operate in the gifts of the Spirit, there are some gifts which are the gift of knowledge. Yeah? Where you can just enter the room and, uh, and, and you just know how things are. I'm not trying to scare you, but, but it's one of my gifts. Me, I can enter, especially couples, I can enter into, into your house without you telling me what's going on. I can tell you things are not okay. So don't be afraid when you invite me. Because I hardly say it. I'll just start to help you the other way around. Many times I've been to so many places and as soon as we leave, I, was, I said to many times, something is not right in this house. And many times it, it, it doesn't take us two weeks or three weeks, things will explode. And then you say, but how did you know? It's the gift of the word of knowledge. When the Holy Spirit is operating in us, he will cause you to know things that are not just there, that are not just so obvious. Don't be afraid of me, please, because I can see some faces. Eh? Pastor, how much do you know the end of my life? No, I don't know. The Holy Spirit knows all. So the Holy Spirit, so you have the advantage of power, number one. You have the advantage of, of knowledge. But I like the last one. The Holy Spirit's character, another character is he is omnipresent. That means he is, he is everywhere. Right. But as for you, you do have the advantage of his presence. So you have the advantage of power, you have the advantage of knowledge, and you also have the advantage of his presence. Of his presence. That is why Hebrews 13, I think it's chapter 13 or chapter 12, it says, I will never, ever, ever, never leave you nor forsake you. I'm using the, the Greek translation. Because the English, it just says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. But in, in the Greek, it, there's, there's, a, there's a, what they call the double negation. 
I will never, never, ever leave you. There's, there's, there's that emphasis from the do literal translation. I will never, ever, never leave you. How does that happen? Because the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of us. So you carry the advantage of his presence. And this is where I like even Joseph. <laughs> While he was in a foreign land in Egypt, and everything seems to be working against him, but the Bible says, and the Lord was with Joseph. In a foreign land, but the Bible says, and the Lord was with Joseph. He had the advantage of the presence of God in his life. Do you know that as a believer, you have that advantage? You do have the advantage of the Spirit. That is why we are making this declaration on this beginning Sunday of the year and this beginning Sunday of the decade. And we are boldly saying, I am not disadvantaged. And I'm not going to allow anyone to disadvantage me. Why? Because heaven hasn't disadvantaged me. And heaven has no plans to disadvantage me. Actually, heaven has advantaged me by giving me the Spirit. The Spirit. Listen to me. This has nothing to do with age. Do I have teenagers in the house? Do I have teenagers in the house? Somebody shout, Amen. Every teenager in the house shout, Amen. As young as you are, let me tell you, you are not disadvantaged. Can I declare this again? To every young person, every in the Sunday school, Sunday school, are you in the house? Sunday school, are you in the house? As young as you are, you are not disadvantaged. Every youth in the house, I want you to know that you are not disadvantaged even at school. Don't allow anyone to disadvantage you because of the color of your skin. You are not disadvantaged. You are wonderfully and fearfully mad. And by the fact that the Holy Spirit has chosen to come and live in you, you must be special. Did you hear that? For, for, for the Holy Spirit, with all his power, all his knowledge, all his wisdom, all his understanding, all his beauty, his excellences, and he makes a decision to say, you know what? I don't want to live in the heavens, in the palace. I want to come and live in you. You must be special. So don't allow anyone to say otherwise. The only time we walk as disadvantaged people, it is because we've allowed the deception of the enemy in our minds. That's the only time that you walk disadvantaged. When you allow negative words to control and to lead you. But let me tell you, you need to pay attention to the voices that speak into your life. If someone comes and says to you, you know what, you are ugly. What's the term they normally use? They're chocolate. What? I know, I know some of those things. You just stand up and declare that I'm wonderfully and I'm fearfully mad. That's who you are. Yeah? That's who you are. Don't think that you are disadvantaged because you are not in the same group with the people that are not yet school. No, you are not. It's okay for you to be different. As a matter of fact, you are called to be different. You are not called to just be the same with everybody else. You are actually called to be different. Do you remember that time when Moses says, Lord, if your presence does not go with us, do not leave us from here. If you read verses, I think, down the line or just above that, there's a time when Moses says, what would distinguish us from the rest of the nations? If your presence does not go with us, what is going to distinguish us? What is going to make us unique? So he understood that the Holy Spirit will separate you from the rest. 
So every young person in the house, I want you to understand those who are at uni. When you go to uni, I want you to understand that you are not disadvantaged. So don't allow negative thoughts, negative words, negative uh, words coming into your life to control and to guide you and to determine your emotions. Uh -uh. Stand up boldly and declare that I am not disadvantaged because the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you. Yes, you are an employee and there's an employer in your life. And be, between you, your employ, your, you and your employer, there is the manager who is not the owner of the company. Don't allow that one. Don't allow that one to pull you down. You are not disadvantaged. I'm not saying go and fight with them, but I'm saying stand up and get your confidence from the one who lives on the inside of you. Speak with confidence. Declare what you stand up for. Don't just say yes to everything. You are not disadvantaged. Praise be to God. You are not disadvantaged. So I said you've got the advantage of power. You've got the advantage of, of knowledge. And you also have got the advantage of, of his presence. Can I conclude by us reading together Psalm chapter number 139, verse 7 to 10. Psalm chapter number 139. Praise be to God. Psalm chapter number 139. Then we close on that. From verse number, actually, let's, let's, let's read the whole chapter together. Let's read the whole chapter together from verse number one. Let's go one, two, three, go. For the director of music of David, a psalm. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I arise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all, not some of them, but with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, you know it completely. You hear me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. There is no level of protection that exists this one. He protects you from behind, from my head, and he lays his hand upon you. 360. Next verse. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? From who? From who? From who? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, if I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, you might need to want to increase the speed. Even there, your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. And the night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. You created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth. 
Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Oh, knowing. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Where I count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. I know they had those who hate you, Lord, and abhor those who are in rebellion against you. I have nothing but hatred for them. I count them my enemies. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offense in me. Lead me in the way of everlasting. He's all-powerful. He knows your thoughts. He knows even the words that you're going to say before you say them. Is ever present, even if you choose to, choose to make your, your, your king's bed, king's size bed, in the far side of the sea. The Bible says, You are there. Yeah? You are there. So even when you go in that vote meeting, He is there. Do I have a witness in the house? For the last time, I wanted to shout, I am not disadvantaged. Do you mind turning to somebody who's next to you and share with them why you are not disadvantaged? Tell them why you are not disadvantaged. Tell them why you are not disadvantaged. Tell them with boldness and with conviction that for me 2020 and then for the next decade, I am not disadvantaged. And I'm not going to allow anyone and anything to disadvantage me because heaven hasn't disadvantaged me. Therefore, I'm going to walk in my favorable position. I'm going to walk in my superior position. I am a child of God. And I'm going to walk in power. I'm going to walk in knowledge. And I'm going to walk in the presence of God. Why? Because I am not disadvantaged. Do I have a witness in the house today? Because of the presence of God on the inside of you, you are not disadvantaged. Ebenezer Church, you are not disadvantaged. Oh, Bethlehem Ephrata, you are not the least among other churches. Out of you, greatness shall come forth. Why? Because you are not disadvantaged. Somebody shout, rise on your feet. And I want you to go before the Lord. And I want you to make that declaration in your own realm, in your own space, and declare that as for me, I am not disadvantaged. My family is not disadvantaged. My career, I'm not disadvantaged. In my health, I am not disadvantaged. Raise your voice to God. Thank you for tuning into Your Change, a broadcast aimed at revealing grace and empowering transformation. To interact with us, please visit our website at afmimmiltonkeens.org or follow us at Ebenezer Fellowship AFMIM on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also interact with Pastor Danny on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For easy access, the links are in the description. Until we meet again, may heaven keep smiling at you.